I'm certainly glad you're here. This morning, if you got your Bible, uh, would you go to Acts chapter 23? Acts chapter 23. We're going to look at verses 10 and 11 this morning. And I'm going to preach this morning. Uh, this is not a Bible study. This is a preaching service. Uh, this sermon has been on my heart for weeks. Uh, I was sitting at a staff meeting, and our pastor was, was talking about uh, something we were doing, and he brought up this verse. And I, as he was talking about that verse, just he briefly said it. Uh, very honestly, I tuned out a pastor for like 20 minutes, and this sermon and this thought, God just laid it on my heart. And I've been dying to preach in, so I'm, I'm excited what you're going to hear this morning. Acts chapter 23, uh, have you ever had someone make you a promise? Have you ever had someone make you a promise? And uh, I remember growing up, uh, you know, pinky promising with people. Uh, if you ever had someone make you a promise, have you ever had someone who broke their promise? You ever have someone who broke their promise? They told you uh, they were going to do something and they, they didn't do it. Uh, maybe uh, they said something and they didn't follow through on it and they, they gave you their word, they promised it, and it didn't happen. How about the opposite? You ever had someone keep a promise? They made the promise, you heard the promise, and they followed through. By the man, doesn't it make you feel good when that happens, when someone keeps their word? Uh, and so this morning, the title of this message is The Promise Keeper. The Promise Keeper. You got your Bible? Let's look here at Acts 23 here. And I want to look at a ver couple verses. Before I do that, you know, keeping promises. Keeping promises. We all want people in our lives who are going to keep the promises. They're going to keep their word. Uh, when they say something, we can trust that it's going to happen. I remember uh, I was about six or seven years old. Uh, I grew up with a dad who liked to hunt. And because my dad liked to hunt, I liked to hunt too. And I remember one time my dad said, hey, in the morning, I'm going to take you out hunting. Of course, as a six or seven-year-old boy, I mean, that was like the most amazing day of my life. I, I could not wait for my dad to take me hunting. At that time, my dad, he worked uh, during the night. And so the plan was he would get off work at 3 or 4 a.m., and when he got home, you know, we'd grab our stuff, he'd get me up, and, and we'd go hunting that morning. Well, that night, as, as a young boy, you can imagine, I did not sleep a wink. You ever been so excited you couldn't sleep? I could not sleep, and I remember trying to fall asleep as a little boy, and I could not do it, and I got a plan together. See, I did not want my dad to break that promise. And so what I did was I got up that night, and I crept out of the balcony, and of course I was in the second floor, and I walked down the stairs, and for the next couple hours, I kid you not, I sat there on the steps of the, up to the balcony of our house, right by the living room door. And I just sat there the whole night, uh, because I did not want my dad to forget me to go hunting with him. You can imagine his surprise when at 4 a.m. he opened that living room door to come into the house and he, he hears someone say, good morning, dad, right next to him. He screamed like a little girl. Uh, he did not expect anyone to be right there waiting for him. You know, I did not want my dad breaking that promise. See, we don't like when people break promises. Here in Acts chapter 23, we have God giving a promise to the Apostle Paul. And this promise changed the Apostle Paul's ministry for the rest of his life. Would you look at it with me this morning? Acts chapter 23, and look at verse number 11. 
The Bible says this. Let's read verse 10. We'll kind of read into it. How about that? Verse number 10. The Bible says, And when there arose a great dissension, the chief captain, fearing lest Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and to take him by force from among them and to bring him into the castle. The Apostle Paul here is in Jerusalem. He came to Jerusalem knowing that if he goes into Jerusalem, odds are these religious leaders, the Pharisees and Sadducees, some of the same Pharisees and Sadducees who years before had crucified Jesus Christ, Apostle Paul knew if he goes into Jerusalem preaching Christ, there was a good chance he was going to be arrested. There was a good chance that these religious leaders were going to be upset with him. But he felt like that's what God wanted him to do. He gets there, he preaches Christ, and sure enough, the Pharisees and Sadducees, those religious leaders, they are upset and they are mad. And the Bible tells us that they wanted to literally rip him to pieces. They were so angry at the Apostle Paul. The Bible tells us the soldiers, they came and they grabbed Paul. The Roman soldiers, of course, Roman government, they are, they're in control of Jerusalem and they don't want to riot on their hands because that would look bad. And these soldiers realize if we don't get this riot under control, there's going to be a whole lot of issues. They find out Paul's the problem. So they grab Paul, they, they arrest him basically more to keep him safe than anything, but they take him. And it's in the middle of the night that we find the next verse. No doubt the Apostle Paul may have been a little afraid of what would happen the next morning. No doubt he might have been scared uh, of what could be the consequences. But I wanted you to notice verse number 11. Watch this. The Bible says, In the night following, the Lord stood by him. Hey, can I tell you, Christian, in your darkest nights and in your darkest hours, the Lord will stand by you. Praise the Lord. No matter what you're going through in life, the Lord is always standing there by you. In Paul, in the middle of the night, the Bible reminds us that God was not far away from Paul. God was not some distant phone call away. God was near him and ready to help him. Watch what God says. The Bible says this, God said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also in Rome. God gives him a promise. God says this, Paul, I have a plan for your life. Just like you have preached my name here in Jerusalem, someday, Paul, you're going to get to the city of Rome. And when you get to that city of Rome, just as you've testified of me here in Jerusalem, you're going to testify to me, of me, in that city of Rome. It was a promise. Now, Paul hears that and he immediately realizes if God says that someday I'm going to make it to Rome, then that means I'm not going to die in Jerusalem. That means tomorrow when he woke up, he didn't have anything to fear in Jerusalem. That means the next day when he was going to be taken prisoner and, and bound for Rome, nothing along the road bad was going to happen to him. He had God's promise that someday he would get to Rome. And can I tell you this morning, Christian, when God makes a promise, he always keeps it. See, God is perfect and without sin. God is all-knowing and all-powerful, and so you can be sure that when God promises something, it is going to happen, because God always keeps the promises that He makes. And can I tell you, Christian, I stand before you today with a book in my hands, and inside of this book is literally hundreds 
of promises that God has made to me and you. Are you ready for this? The Bible tells us that God has promised us that heaven someday will be our home. God has promised us that there will be eternal life. God has promised us that there will be salvation from sin and salvation from death. God has promised that He will forgive you of your sins. God has promised that there are treasures in heaven someday. God has promised that He will be your Father above. God has promised that He will give you the Holy Spirit within. God has promised that His Word would be preserved for us. He promised that His Word would never change. He promised hope for tomorrow. He promised a future with no sorrow. He promised no pain and suffering in heaven someday. And He promised God's protection along every step of your way that you walk this earth. Hey, I'm just getting warmed up. The Bible says that God has promised strength for the weak. He's promised possibilities for the impossible situations you face. He promised that He would lift you up. He promised that He would love you. He promised that He would always be there with you and for you. He promised to hear your prayers. He promises to answer our prayers. He promises to give over and above the prayers that you pray. Praise the Lord. He promised that He would send His Son. He came. He promised He would pay for your sins. He already did. He promised He would be born in Bethlehem of a virgin. And He was. He promised He would be Emmanuel. God with us. He was. And He is. And He will always be our Emmanuel. Praise the Lord. Philippians 4.19 says this. He said He promised to supply all of your needs. Not some, Christian. He promised He would supply all of your needs. Psalm 37.4 He promised to give thee the desires of your heart. Romans 8.28 He promised that all things would work together for good to them that love Him. 2 Peter 1.4 He promised that we have exceeding great and precious promises given to us. He promised that He would give you promises to hang on to. Isaiah 41 verse 10 He promised that He would strengthen you. Isaiah 43 verse 2, if you've never read that verse, it is amazing. He promised that He would be with you when you pass through the waters and when you walk through the fire. John eleven twenty six. 26, He promised that whosoever liveth and believeth in Him should never die. I'm not done, there's more, and I won't get to all of them. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Hebrews 10, 13 he says, He is faithful that promise. God promises to be faithful to the promises that He makes. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. He promised that if you ask, it shall be given. If you seek, you shall find. If you knock, it shall be opened unto you. Genesis 9, 13. He promised that He would never destroy the earth by a flood again. Someday He will destroy the earth by fire. What well, we won't be there because we will be in heaven with Him someday. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. He promised that those to tithe that He would open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. He promises if you give your tithes and offerings that He will bless your finances beyond anything you could ever imagine. Praise the Lord. We're not in church because I'd be breaking some rules with this coronavirus of spitting I'm doing up here. God has given me and you promises and I could not fit them all into the message this morning. And can I tell you something, Christian? When God makes a promise, He always keeps it. 
He always keeps you. This promise that God gave to Paul, it changed his life. He realized, I'm going to make it to Rome and nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to stand in my way. God promised me I'll get there and I will get there. Can I say this morning, I want you to notice how these promises helped Paul. Number one this morning, God's promises helped Paul overcome his enemies. It helped Paul overcome his enemies. You still there in Acts 23? Would you look at verse number 12? He gets the promise in the middle of the night. Now look what happens in verse 12. The Bible says that when it was day, so the next morning, the next day, certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. Now, I don't know about you, but these dudes sound cray-cray, don't they? Crazy. They're lunatics. They decide, hey, let's make an oath together, fellas, that we're not going to eat or drink until Paul is a dead man. That's their commitment. Now, I want you to notice this wasn't one or two guys. Look at the next verse. And they were more than 40, which made this conspiracy. More than 40 men. More than 40 men get together. And they say, we are going to kill Paul if it's the last thing we do, and we're not eating or drinking. In other words, they would rather die than not kill Paul. Paul had some enemies, didn't he? Paul had some people who were not for him. Paul had some people that were against him. And maybe you're here this morning, Christian, and you've got some people in your life that they're not for you. Maybe you've got some co-workers, they don't like the fact that you're a Christian. Hey, maybe you've got some relatives who they think it's a shame that they have a they have a relative, someone of their blood, who goes to church on Sundays and glorifies God. Can I say this? God's promises will always overcome the enemies that are in your life. God's promises will always overcome the enemies that you find in your corner. Paul here, you know the rest of the story. Those guys, I don't know if they lived. They, if they, eventually, they probably broke their curse, right? They didn't get to kill Paul. So either A, they starved, I doubt it, or B, they ate and were upset because the promises of God always overcome God's enemies and the enemies in your life. By the way, we have no greater enemy in this world than the very devil himself. And can I say this? God has already promised what's going to happen to that old devil. Read the book of Revelation. And in the end, the devil is nothing. He's no match. He's not even in the same realm or perspective as God himself. And God someday will get the victory over the devil himself. The Bible promises that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have the promise that no enemy can stand against what God has told me and you, Christian. Number two this morning, God's promises helped Paul overcome his imprisonments. It helped Paul overcome his imprisonments. You read the rest of the book of Acts. The entire time, the Apostle Paul is in prison. He's being taken from city to city. He's been on ships. He will stand before many different leaders and religious leaders and government leaders. But he's in prison the whole time. But can I say this? It did not stop God's promises. While he was out there, guess what he was doing? He was preaching God's word. While he was out there, guess what he was doing? He was so winning. We know guys like Onesimus, Paul met him in prison and led him to the Lord. He was preaching. He was leading people to Christ. Hey, he was even writing the Bible while he was in prison. See, God's promises cannot be stopped 
by the imprisonments of life. And you sit there and you say, Brother TJ, I'm not in prison as far as I know. I'm in my car this morning. How does that apply to me? Well, me and you have a problem. See, we deal with something called sin, don't we? And the Bible tells us that sin shackles us. Sin wants to enslave us. Sin wants to get a hold on my life, and it doesn't want to let go. And can I stand here before you and say this? Let me tell you that God's promises can overcome the shackles of sin that, bind, that binds you and holds you in your life. God's promises can help you overcome any sin that you might face. Apostle Paul was in prison. He didn't stop fighting. He didn't stop preaching. He didn't stop soul winning. And can I say this, Christian? You might struggle with sin, but don't stop fighting. Don't stop living for God. Don't stop trying to get rid of that sin. Don't quit. Don't give up on beating that sin. The Bible tells us that the just man, not the bad man, not the evil man, the just man falleth seven times, but guess what he does? He gets right back up again. Sin will keep knocking you back, but don't quit fighting because I believe God's promises that you can overcome. Can I say this? There's no greater example than that of King David. You read about King David, and man, King David had some serious mistakes, some serious sins that he committed, yet he kept getting back up. Why? He trusted God's promises. He realized that he needed forgiveness and he'd get right. He realized that God would forgive him if he got right. And he relied on those promises. Don't let sin keep you down. Don't let sin beat you back. You've got to trust in God's promises so that you can overcome. I'll tell you this story. I've told it many times. It's an amazing story. Back in 2008, there was a women's softball game. There was a young lady. She was a senior at Western Oregon University. She was not a scholarship player. She was a walk-on softball player. Got there because she worked hard. It was her last game. Senior day, they were playing Central Oregon. The winner was going to go to the NCAA Division II uh, tournament. So they realized that all the seniors there, if you win, you get to play again. If you lose, you're done. Not only was it her last game, but her parents were there. They had flown in to watch her play. And it was the second inning. Sarah, at this time, she was in a serious batting slump. For those of you baseball or softball players, you've been there. She was in a slump. She was three hits for her last 34 at-bats. Uh, you can do the percentage. That's really not good. Three for 34. She comes up in the second inning. The score is 0-0. If she wins, she gets to play again. If she loses, she'll never play again. She comes up in the second inning. Two runners on base. First pitch, strike, right by her. Second pitch comes in, and it's a strike. She swings as hard as she can, and she smoked that thing. She hits it out of the park. She'll tell you, never in her college history, she didn't hit a single home run or stats, none, none. She even said in practice, she never hit one, never over a fence. She hits a home run. She can't believe it. She's shocked. She's running around the bases. She's so excited. She gets to first base, and guess what she does? She misses first base. She's never done this before. She's never done a little jog, you know, you got to wave, do a little jog. She's never done that. She misses the base. Well, she realizes she misses it, and so she, she does what she should. She turns around, 
and she goes back to first. Well, when she does, her knee twists. And right there, at, as she's turning back to go to first base, she tears her ACL in her knee, right there on the spot. She drops to the ground, and she starts crawling by her hands and gets back to first, and she literally hugs it. You can watch the video. She's hugging first base. Everyone around doesn't know what to do. It's a home run. She's supposed to go around the bases. Her coaches and teammates, they know the rules. They cannot help their player around the bases. They can't touch her. No one knows what to do. And it was in that moment that the first baseman for the opposing team, she looks at the umpire and she says this, can I carry her? Of course, the umpire's probably never, ne I know he's never heard that in his life. The opposing team carry that player? Of course, the umpire says, I don't think there's a rule against that. First baseman calls over her best friend, the shortstop. Shortstop comes running over and you can watch in the video as they pick this girl up and they kind of like make a chair, one on each side and they start carrying her. They carry her to second base. When they get to second base, they lower her down so her feet touch the base. Then they pick her up. They go to third base. They lower her down. And as the people in the stadium will testify, they were crying everywhere. Because this was not just two opponents going at it. This was people. This was humanity. This was one person helping someone else who needed help. Can I say this, Christian? Sometimes in life, we feel like that girl laying on the ground because of sin. Sin knocks us down. Sin is that ACL that tears. Sin is that ACL that breaks. And sometimes, me and you, we feel like we're in the dirt at first base when me and you know as Christians, we should be hitting home runs and running around the bases. And sometimes there's people in our lives who see us there, but they don't know what to say, and they don't know what to do, and they can't help us. But praise Almighty God, we have a God who's right there like that first baseman and shortstop, and He can come over, and He can pick us up, and He can start carrying us around those bases. Hey, Christian, you might be here today, and sin is beating you up. Trust in God's promises. You don't have to let it keep you down. Woo! Number three, I'm just getting warmed up. I got good stuff still coming. Number three, God's promises helped Paul get through the shipwrecks and the storms of his life. You got your Bible? You still with me? Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. Verse number 10. I love this. So Paul, he's still in prison right there. They're taking him to Rome. He knows nothing bad's going to happen until he gets Rome because God promised he's making it to Rome, right? Acts 27, verse number 10, the Bible says, And Paul said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. They're about to get on a ship and head to Rome, and Paul says, Hey, this is a bad idea. If we go out there, some of you are not going to make it. He says, If we go launch this boat, we're going to be in some storms, and it's going to be bad. Look at the next verse, verse 11. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship, more than those things which were spoken by Paul. The centurion listened to the captain. He didn't listen to the man of God. That's a, that's a free message right there. He didn't listen to the man of God. He listened to the, the worldly people in his life. That's free. That had not, I wouldn't even plan on preaching that. It's just good stuff. Look what happens. They go out on the ship. You know the story. Verse number, go to verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, no small tempest lay on us all hope 
that we should be saved was then taken away. They're out there, and of course, a storm comes up. This is not a little storm. This was days. They haven't seen the sun or the stars in days. And the Bible tells us that the soldiers, that the captain, that the other prisoners, every one of them had no hope. They knew they were going to die. They knew it was over. They knew they would not make it through this storm. But someone on that boat still had hope. There was one guy who still had hope. Watch what happens. Verse 21. I actually go to verse 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. Paul says, hey, don't be afraid. Be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Verse 23. Oh, I love this verse. Verse 23 says, for there stood by me. Isn't it interesting? Every time Paul's in a problem, guess who's always there with him? God is always with him. He said, this night, my God has stood with me. Notice what he says. Whose, angel, uh, whose I am and whom I serve, verse 24, saying, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. It was in the middle of the night on that ship where God came to Paul again. And Paul said, hey, or God said, hey, Paul, remember, I promised that you would go to Rome and that you would speak to Caesar and that you would testify of me. Don't forget that promise. Paul said, oh, yeah, I remember. Paul said, I'm not going to die on this boat. I'm not going to die in this storm. God promised that someday I'm going to Rome. Can I say this, Christian, even when life sends you storms, you need to trust in the promises of God. When it seems like your life is on the rocks, when it seems like your ship is in the storm, can I say this? Trust in God's promises. Notice what happens next. Verse number 25. Oh, I love this. Verse 25, he says, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. I believe God. I'm done this morning, Christian. But can I say this? It does not matter how many hundreds of promises God has given you. It does not matter the hundreds, the hundreds of promises that God has promised me and you. It doesn't matter if you don't believe in them. It doesn't matter if you don't believe that God promised you something. And if you sit there as a Christian and go, well, I don't see how I can get through it. I don't see how I can get out of it. I don't see how I can fix this. Hey, you might not be able to, but God's promises and God can help you. But it does you no good, Christian, if you don't believe Him. What's so sad is so many of us have believed in God for salvation. And we believed in God for heaven. And we believed in God for eternal life. And we put our faith and trust in Him. But yet when the tough times come, we don't believe in Him that He can get us through the storm. Hey, when the imprisonment and sin beats us down, we don't believe that He can help us overcome. When the enemies that come into our life, we don't believe that God can help us overcome them. And when the storms come, and the shipwreck comes, and the imprisonment comes, and the enemies come, we sit there and yes, we believe God for salvation. And yes, we believe in God for heaven. But we don't believe the promises that He has given us. 
Hey, Christian, this morning, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. But can I tell you this? Would you today start believing in God's promises? Hey, today, would you start taking God's word and pick a couple of these promises out and say, God, you told me, you said it, you put it in this book, and you wrote it for me. God, I'm believing that promise, and I'm going to trust in that promise, and I'm going to count on you, because as I said, the sermon this morning is God is a promise keeper. Can I say this? If God promised it, he will always keep his promises. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning in, the, in your cars, please? Maybe you're watching online at your home. Would you please bow your heads? Very quickly, if someone's watching this morning, the first step in your Christian life is there has to be a time where you believe in God and you put your faith and trust in Him and Him alone for heaven. If you're watching this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you pray a simple prayer like this? Say, Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Dear Jesus, I know I can't save myself. But Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus, I accept you as my personal Savior to take me to heaven when I die. Maybe you're here this morning and you are saved. You believed in Him years ago, recently. You believed in Him for heaven. Maybe you're fighting something. Maybe it's sin. Maybe there's a problem in your life. A storm that's come up and you've forgotten about the promises God's given you. Would you pray a prayer like this? Pray something like this, dear God. I believe in the promises that you've given me. God, would you help me to overcome whatever I might be facing? And God, just as the Apostle Paul believed in you for the promise you gave him, God, would you help me believe and the promises that you have in your word for me. Amen. This morning, I hope, no matter where you find yourself, that you, Christian, even in a world full of chaos, that you still believe God, and you still trust in God, and you know what His book says. I challenge you this week as I finish up, this week, would you go through God's word and find a couple promises that you need to cling to? I quoted as many as I could. I was running out of air, by the way. I quoted as many as I could, but there's more. And would you cling to some of those promises and say, God, you put it in here. I believe you. Just as Paul stood on the deck of that ship, God, I believe you. And I know you promised it, and you always keep your promises. Let's bow forward to prayer together, and then we'll be dismissed. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. God, I love you so much. God, I'm so not perfect. But God, I sure do try to live for you. And Lord, all of us together, all the people in the parking lot, all that are watching by way of live stream, God, we believe you. We know the promises that you have. God, sometimes it's our unfaith and our unbelief. Lord, help our belief that we will believe and trust in the promises that you've given me, me and all the wonderful Christians that are gathered here together. God, we love you. Be with us as we depart church today. God, we have some members in our church who have health issues. God, would you be with them? God, we have a world and a country who's going through some times that we've never seen the likes of God. Would you please help us? And Lord, I ask that you be with our pastor and that you be with our church members. And please bless us. Bless our homes. Bless our families. 
and bless our church as we depart from it today. We love you in your precious and wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. Have a wonderful Sunday. We will see you tonight on the live stream.